welcome to this episode of The Versatile Writer. Being kind without being a walkover. I've titled this episode as Being Kind Without Being a Walkover because so many times being walked over has happened to me and I suspect if it's happened to me, it's happened to you too. Also, I'd like to think I could help stop it happening again and hopefully during the process I can stop myself being walked over again too. What I actually mean by being kind without being a walkover is that when your natural friendliness is taken advantage of by others, Some people see a good-natured person and, whether consciously or unconsciously, they find a way to exploit it for their own benefit. Sometimes this is done in a sinister way, and other times it's more about acting without thinking. I thought the first time would have taught me a lesson, but it didn't, because I thought other people were like me and wouldn't do it. Then the second time it happened, I thought, no, they wouldn't do that, I must have got it wrong. And then the third time it happened, you realise you've been caught again and it makes you angry and frustrated inside. And if you're not careful, you can come across as angry and frustrated and that's not who I am. So let's add some context to this for the sake of clarity. I like to help others. In fact, I'm a people pleaser, but in business that's not really a good attitude to have because it'll always put you on a back footing rather than an equal one. This is something I have to continually keep a check on. In the past, I've been employed rather than self-employed. For the majority of the years I was employed, it was more often than not that I was in a job that didn't utilise my skills, nor was I valued. But over the years, we tell ourselves we don't need to be fulfilled. We just need to bring in an income. However, over the years, I saw how unfulfilling that was and that there must be more to life than pleasing bosses who don't really care whether you're happy in your work or not. You become a robot You become miserable and eventually, in my case, my mental health took a bashing from this kind of lifestyle. I was very fortunate that my family was supportive. My husband was earning a good enough wage that I could finally live my dream career and write full time. I was in my mid-40s when that happened. After some time, while being self-employed, I heard a comment on the radio from a politician who said that it was time for people to get involved with their communities and do some volunteering. I had been a volunteer most of my adult life in various ways, so this wasn't an alien concept to me. I had volunteered at my daughter's playgroup committee many, many moons ago, also in her school classroom, at various groups I belonged to, I headed up various types of community and charity fundraisers, and hand on heart I can honestly say that I had done my bit over the years. However, after hearing this comment... I decided I would look into this a bit more because maybe I ought to do just a little bit more than I already have. At the time, I was in touch with various radio stations to promote my books. I got friendly with one and one thing led to another and I soon became a volunteer radio presenter. It was a total shock because it wasn't something I'd ever really hoped to become. I sort of fell into it. I simply had an idea for a show and suddenly I was filling a seat each week and hoping for the best. That was the start of Writer's Block Radio Show. I did this for a total of nine years, interviewing over 500 people over four different radio stations. It taught me a lot, gave me a new set of skills and helped promote a lot of writers and a lot of books. It wasn't intended to be a totally selfless act though because I was putting myself forward as part of my business and I hoped it might highlight that to listeners, except 
once I'd started, I discovered I wasn't allowed to promote my business at all, but I'd committed myself by that point, and I didn't like letting people down, hence that people-pleasing part of me. At one point, for about two years, I even had another radio show at the same time. This was all about classical music. Again, it took time to produce and present the radio show, and the radio studio was an hour's drive from where I lived, so for four hours each week I would be driving to and from the radio station, and that didn't even touch the time I was preparing for the shows. After some time, I began to feel quite weary from it all. It took a lot of time out of each week, not just the hour I was behind the mic. There was research to do, finding guests to interview, producing the show, editing the show, promoting the show, reaching out to lots of industries when including them in my script. Out of a week, I easily use up nearly three days for volunteer work. And as a self-employed writer, that's a lot of time not being paid. There was also many times, mostly during summer holidays or Christmas time, when helping out, in inverted commas, was part of the volunteer lifestyle. Occasionally, I would be guilted into helping out with different volunteer jobs. And just to keep the peace, you find yourself giving up one of your weekend days as well. After many years, I decided it was time to stop. But I felt so incredibly guilty for doing so. I felt I was leaving the head of the station in the lurch, that they would be really put out with my departure. Part of that sounds a lot like ego, but when the manager prepares a schedule, everyone has to do their bit. It came to the point where I even found myself worrying about it for days leading up to telling them. I even contacted a friend out of the blue saying I had a horrible decision to make, that I was going to mess up somebody else's day, big time. They soon put me right. I told the manager and everything was fine. They were disappointed, as I expected, but it was volunteer work and I had given them a month's notice. After that episode, I burst into tears at the relief of it all. But that's the point. When you give and give and give some more, people come to expect it. Whether it's in employment, in friendship groups, in your family, in volunteering groups, anywhere, if you give... Someone will take. It's that simple. If you sell, however, people seem to have a bit more of a guarded approach. It's interesting, isn't it, that when you attach a monetary value to something, people seem less likely to want more information. About halfway into my self-employment, I learned a big lesson in self-respect. I have three anecdotes for you. Number one, the lesson learned with copywriting. A while back, I was really strapped for cash. I was given a lead by a known copywriter who was dropping some clients as they weren't big enough payers for his needs. This was fair. I wasn't expecting a fortune just to be paid for the work I did. I contacted the client, sent some samples of my previous work, and they were happy to take me on. Initially, I was thrilled. It was monthly work, and I was expected to provide copy for approximately five different businesses. For the first few months, I learned a lot about rather dry subjects like roadside skips, home security, letting agencies, that kind of thing. Mixed with this were more creative ones like interior design. On the whole, I was doing a lot of research, hours worth in fact, for each client. It went on like this for months until one day, I snapped. I realised, rather too slowly that I was carrying out about four hours of research for a thousand word blog for each of these clients. 
and being paid a total per blog of just £15. It was then that I learned self-respect. I emailed my contacts saying this was the last month I was available to do it and I was moving on. Unfortunately, they wrote back telling me I was not being at all professional about it, that they didn't like some of the angles I'd written about and expected at least one month's notice before I moved on. I was fuming. I hadn't signed any contract saying as much, but the contact was very strong-minded and got the better of me. To keep the peace and my reputation, I worked the final month, then moved away from them and was thankful to be released. A month later was December, and they sent me a personalised, handwritten Christmas card saying how much I was missed, and they'd love me to come back, because my work was so good. I mean, you've got to laugh sometimes, haven't you? Lesson number two, learned with podcasting. I interviewed a new author, this was a while back, who wanted to talk about their upcoming book. It wasn't at the publishing stage yet, but our intention was to discuss their experiences and consider them with my own. We talked for a good hour to 90 minutes and covered such things as the knowledge I'd accumulated and the knowledge they had. The two sets of knowledge was quite different and we saw how each could learn from each other to benefit our separate businesses. During the chat, there was a suggestion for them to interview me at a later stage, which I was totally up for. The 90 minutes was edited to around 30 minutes of usable audio. When I published the audio, as usual, I posted the link to Facebook and Twitter, then tagged the author to do the same. All went well. A few days afterwards, however, I contacted them to ask when they would be free to interview me. It was at this point they said they didn't have a blog that was suitable for interviewing on. Lesson number three, also with podcasting. As if this wasn't enough for me. Last year I decided I wasn't going to be doing any more podcasts where I interviewed someone else and got nothing back. And then I was contacted by an old buddy who asked me to interview their friend. They had just published a book. I wrote back saying, maybe, but I'd been bitten more times than not and I would need something back or else I'm simply just being a free advertising service for other people. I worded it a little nicer than that, but the anger, frustration and passion was actually coming through. They assured me, yes, there would be something by way as trade. I said, fine. I interviewed them, edited the audio, uploaded it, marketed it, tagged them on social media and nothing. Again, that was a year ago and still nothing. Sometimes you have to remind yourself that there will always be people in life that will try to get the better of you. But then you have two choices. You can either allow it or not allow it. I choose now to not allow it anymore. Maybe I've learned. The worst part of all of this is that somewhere in my mind I hear the voice of the buddy saying to me that it's better to be a nice person to others than not. And I totally agree with that, but not at the expense of yourself, surely. That just highlights that you might not have so much respect for the value of your own time if you're so willing to give it away all the time. And if you've no respect for the value of your own time, why would somebody else respect or value it? It's worth noting that every single one of these people who have taken advantage have day jobs or are comfortably retired. So could all, every single one of them, afford to pay for advertising? Or at very least reciprocate the gesture? So there you have it. It's always a tricky one for me because I used to utterly believe that volunteering was a good thing. It was a way of helping the community, 
But there's a fine line between helping the community and being seen as a soft touch by having people constantly take but never give. Nowadays, it really hurts me to say no to volunteering my time. But then, when you do a lot of things for others, they just see you as that person to take from. There is only so much of yourself you can give. Don't make my mistakes. Unless, of course, you recognise yourself in my anecdotes and you want to repay me by helping me promote my work. In that case, of course, by all means, please do get in touch. Know your worth, I think, is the moral here. This is another way that people can walk all over you. As a freelancer, you need a certain amount of money on the table before you should say yes to a gig. Learn to say no to others and learn to say yes to yourself. It takes time and lots of episodes of feeling awkward, but stand your ground. It will be worth it in the end. I hope some of this slightly ranty episode of The Versatile Writer will help you in your daily life, whether that is in your employment, your volunteer life, your family life or your friend circle. If you want to get in touch or talk to me more about how my business services can help you, please email me sarah at loveofbooks.co.uk or visit my website loveofbooks.co.uk Until next time, thank you for listening to me, Sarah Bannum, with the Versatile Writer Podcast.